are back. Warping Wolf Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. At the corner of 2131 East 10th Street, right across the street from the Bonner Center. And we're glad that you're joining us here, Facebook Live, also on our radio program, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Very pleased to have in studio my great producer, Harold H.B. Bell, and the wonders that he does and has been doing now for the last seven years here at Radio Next. Uh, This morning we'll be talking about real estate and ownership and the necessity of uh, folks owning their own place, their own space, the importance of that for all people. In the second hour, you do not want to miss this, uh, Dolores Kennedy and her friend Diana are going to be here with us, and they're going to be talking about the history of the Realtist Association, which is a very important uh, association And just to give you a snapshot of that and the reason why you do not want to miss it, this is an association that was given to African Americans uh, in the 1940s and 50s because uh, those who were European Americans did not want uh, blacks involved in real estate. And so instead of calling them realtors, they were called realtists. So we'll be talking about that in the second hour. Uh, First hour, we're going to be talking about the biblical basis, the biblical vantage point for the issues that surround us concerning real estate and ownership and the importance of those uh, concepts for all people. But before we do that, let me give you just a heads up as to why we do what we do. We've been doing this for almost three years now. Our anniversary, three-year anniversary is coming up in January. Uh, We are the Cominius Institute. Go to CominiusInstitute.org.com and go there to give us patronage to uh, support this endeavor. Our interest always is connecting communities. Specifically, that's what our radio show is doing. We're constantly interested in the connections that we can make with Christians who are doing good, Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14, throughout the Indianapolis community. So that's why we do what we do. It's one of the bridges that we cross, actually. And we're doing that also through the Multiply Conference. If you are at all interested here in Indianapolis in getting together with other Christian leaders around Indianapolis, You do not want to miss the Multiply Conference tomorrow and Friday. Uh, Check it out at multiply2018.org. That's multiply2018.org. Go check out that particular website and why you should be attending that particular conference. And then on Friday, I know these are overlaps, but on Friday, Truth at Work. I'll be bringing some students with me down to um, uh, that great uh, event here in Indianapolis at Northview Church. Uh, Go to uh, Truth at Work and check them out and the importance of that particular conference. There will be about 2,000 people there. It's a great event. Uh, One of the co-founders is actually in my Sunday school class. Every Sunday, glad for Matt Pelin, and uh, we're uh, grateful for the opportunity to actually uh, take some students down there, free tickets for them. Grateful for that. If you're at all interested in uh, any of these kinds of things, do uh, connect with us at CominiusInstitute.org or .com. Go to my website, WarpAndWoof.org, that's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org, and uh, check out about a thousand essays, podcasts, sermons, video teachings, all different kinds of things that you can find there, all freely accessed to anybody at WarpAndWoof.org. Uh, we also want to emphasize what we do around the culture, that is, uh, anything that that invests itself in how people live. Uh, So for instance, last week I was at Marion University uh, speaking on the issue of Gothic literature, and that was videotaped. We're going to be uh, putting that out 
in terms of uh, folks who might be interested in giving to the Comenius Institute as thank you gifts for them. Uh, that is going to be something or something that we did last week. I have a journal article coming out that's being published this fall on the uh, theological roots of the abolitionist movement. Grateful yeah, for yeah. the opportunity to do that with Integrité. That's a journal of faith and learning out of Missouri Baptist University in um, uh, St. Louis, Missouri. And then the, the third bridge that we cross is into uh, the college uh, arena. And we do that at IUPUI. We meet with students. In fact, I'm going down right after the radio show today to meet with students who are interested yeah. in not only understanding their subjects Christianly, but understanding how to live as Christians on the university campus. All different kinds of things that are uh, invested there. I also want to uh, suggest that the premiere showing of our movie, the 47-minute movie that we put together as the story of the Comenius Institute, will be premiered on the south side, uh, down near Southport, on November 15th. That's next Thursday. Uh, if you're interested at all in that, connect with Polly Riddell on social media. Or shoot me a note at echo1957 at gmail, or find me on social media. I'm all over the place, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, everywhere. Uh, but we are interested in uh, helping people to know what it is that we do, how we uh, do what we do at IUPUI, and the investment in students and faculty and serving the university community there. So this morning, we are waiting for co-host Dr. Clyde Posley to uh, uh, come on board to discuss the kinds of things that we're interested in, but let me just give you an overview, a baseline understanding, a biblical view of why we think uh, thinking about ownership and real estate is an important issue. So let me begin by saying something that maybe for those of you who have heard me uh, many times, uh, you can see this kind of thing all through my teaching, and that is that everything belongs to God. We find this uh, in the book of Leviticus, we find it in statements in the Psalms, Psalm 24, uh, 1, uh, Psalm 50 and verse 12, 89, 11. All over uh, Scripture do we see this uh, same kind of emphasis. We, even in the Ten Commandments, consider the em emphasis of the Ten Commandments. There are at least two of these Ten Commandments that assume, that assume private property ownership. And so that's something that we shouldn't ever uh, leave out. It's a very important concept for us. And we should uh, emphasize that as well. Uh, that does not mean, by the way, when we're talking about private property ownership, that we're talking about something like a materialism. That's not at all what we're considering. What we're thinking about here is uh, the idea that we have been given something to steward, to husband, to take care of. And not only do we do those kinds of things, but we are also uh, producing from them. And that is, is a very important concept. So we want to make sure to highlight those kinds of things as we think about the issues of real estate and ownership and that God has given us these things to steward, to protect, and then, of course, to uh, produce from uh, in a good way that would be beneficial to all people. Our concern, of course, is that people be guided by these kinds of uh, concerns about stewardship and ownership that we find all the way through Scripture. Uh, conserving and managing. Let me just say a word about that out of the book of Genesis. Genesis 1.28 is one of those classic statements that's a, uh, actually a command given uh, to the original people. Uh, that is Adam and Eve, uh, for those who uh, prior to the fall were invested in uh, practicing the commands that God had given to us. And that first command is to rule and subdue. Those two words in Hebrew actually 
actually mean to manage and conserve. So to manage and serve that which is given to us is a huge uh, issue. Uh, Dr. Clyde Posley just rolled in. Dr. Clyde, good morning to you. Good morning, sir. How are you? All right, good, thank you. You've got, uh, you've got your earpiece in, you've got your shades on, you are ready to rock and roll <laughs> uh, here today. Thank you for uh, your ever-present presence with us. And you're looking dapper, by the way, I should say. You're going to be doing this uh, Bible study afterwards? Yeah. Yeah. Antioch Baptist, for those of you who are interested here in Indianapolis, Dr. Clyde Bosley, pastor of Antioch Baptist Church, downtown Indianapolis. We just started a discussion this morning here about ownership and stewardship and the necessity of understanding that God owns all things, kind of given backdrop uh, to these kinds of ideas uh, as we start our program this morning. Um, thoughts from you as you think about the issue of ownership and stewardship and our responsibilities as Christians uh, to invest not only in our community, but to care for those things that God has given to us. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm just in line with, uh, good morning to everyone, uh, let me start with that. I'm, I'm, I'm just in line with the things that you're saying already. Um, uh, God wants us, I and mean, we know, as, as we as Bible clearly states for us that the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and they live while they're in. So our, our ownership as children of the kingdom is stewardship. And God has given us, given man the privilege to have dominion while he is sovereign. Uh, and so we, we, what we, what we mean as, as, as believers, as Christians, as kingdom people, is what we do with what God blesses us to do. Mm. Uh, and so if we own a house or if we own a car, we own a business, as a, from the Christian perspective and the kingdom perspective, we see this as, we see them as two gifts, as tools that God has given us to serve him, mm. to show the world uh, him through our mm. management, our stewardship of these things. Mm. With that said, People of God and, and First Testament teaching uh, have showed, revealed something about the human character that that is a problem for uh, th that shows the, the the sin problem manifested in, in our lives, and that is that much of the evil you see in the Old Testament or the First Testament is born from the sinful desires to obtain. You check the, check the uh, um, uh, Israel's king Ahab was negative, evil, uh, influenced in an evil manner all over the ownership of property, uh, influenced negatively by his wife, mm. which started a firestorm mm. of evil manifestation <coughs> in, in the household of Israel, yes. uh, which led to actually the emergence of, of Elijah. Mm -hmm. uh, as, as a weapon of God against the evil uh, and the control of religion mm -hmm. by this evil woman that was all rooted in, started in well, her evil heart, but started in her desire to have another man's property. Mm -hmm. yep. and, and, and so, and we see that throughout the scripture, how, how God frowns on evil desire to obtain mm -hmm. and control. Mm -hmm. Dr. Echo, the only time in scripture, as you know, that God ever called a person a fool hmm. was over a man's mis, just evil concepts about his possessions mm -hmm. and what he owned. Mm -hmm. And so 
God certainly speaks in scripture about uh, uh, evil ownership versus righteous uh, stewardship and ownership. So then we then we have a mandate as to uh, from God that says, I want you to let me show you what ownership is. Not just am I a God who gives you the power to get wealth, but I want to show you how, not only show you how to get wealth, but how to manage that wealth. Mm -hmm. The importance of this is uh, not to be uh, not to be given short shrift here. Uh, what Dr. Clyde Posey is suggesting, the idea that we bear responsibility for that which has been given to us, uh, but sometimes we overstep that responsibility, mm -hmm. overstep those boundaries, mm -hmm. and uh, create wealth uh, that we don't share with others. And I think that's an important issue. Your mm -hmm. comment about the man building barns from Luke 12 uh, that was only concerned for himself, not concerned, concerned for anybody else. Right. And, that, and, that, and, and you've made reference uh, several times on the show to the responsibility of the people of God to strangers. Mm -hmm. that, that, that even in the, the way that God introduced farming to Israel, mm -hmm. they were supposed to leave, well, they're supposed to let the land rest, also what, what, one major concept, but they're supposed to leave uh, portions of their field for gleaners, mm -hmm. for gleaning, for strangers. Mm -hmm. And and that was a part of how he intended to prosper what they what they owned or what they had been given stewardship mm -hmm. over, uh, so and keep them from being selfish. Mm -hmm. And so ownership and and beneficence go together. Right, and they don't have to be separated. You don't right. have to think this person is beneficent but the other person is not. You that isn't necessarily a dichotomy that we should be emphasizing right. at all. Right. So the ideas, of course, are we are against materialism. Uh, that is the, uh, for our own selfish gain or uh, concerns. Uh, but we are also for uh, stewardship and husbandry of that which has been given to us and caring for those things uh, that God has given to us, and we're responsible for that. So uh, with all of that said, I suppose then that we could actually say that we are uh, tremendously behind the concept of uh, making money, that uh, God has, if God, God has given us this opportunity mm -hmm. to make money, right. then we bear that responsibility to continue that task. Because those who make money then are going to be able to not only uh, share it with other people, but do something and build with it that in ways that contribute to the culture, perhaps uh, creating jobs, for instance, in, in a community like Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. These kinds of things are really that's important. It's a, a very good point. There's a principle that is true, and, it's, and, and, and I believe it, 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 it can be found in the parable of the talents mm. uh, that he gave the, to, the, you know, this, this, uh, the parable. And the principle is, there is nothing that God gives you on earth that he uh, to steward that he intends to find as he gave it mm. when he comes back. Mm -hmm. So if he gives you, he, he's given you a mind, great mind, he wants you to expand that mind. Uh, he, he, if he gives you property, he wants you to expand that property. If he gives you gifts, talents, he wants you to expand that. But the expansion of it is through how you use it to bless others and glorify him. Yes. That expands it. Right. And the emphasis on glorif glorifying God uh, means simply to give him weight. That's actually what the Hebrew mm -hmm. word means, to the weightiness of God. So basically, if we could say it this way in modern parlance, we throw his weight around that's right. when we glorify God. That's, right. that's, that's actually what the that's, that's right, and and that's and that's and that's what God wants God, in a worship experience. Not to get away from our subject, but in a worship experience on Sunday morning, He wants 
us all to come in there having had experiences all week and throw his weight around as to how we made it. Mm -hmm. There you go. And I'll tell you what, uh, I realized that uh, you being a preacher and all and, and putting stuff together every Sunday, that'll preach, man. Trod's weight around this Sunday. Yeah. And so here it is. So we're, you're listening to Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next TV at the Cool Group site. We're going to be taking a one song break. When we come back, however, we're going to continue our discussion, Dr. Clyde Posley, Dr. Mark Eckle, about ownership, real estate, stewardship, all of the things that are necessary in understanding a biblical view of how we think about money and how we uh, take care of the things that God has given to us. We'll be right back. How you doing, man? Good to see you. As always. That's a bad jacket, man. <laughs> I got something similar to that. But yeah. I don't know if it's the blue is that. Yeah. It's it pops, bold. doesn't it? That's, that's yeah. a nice jacket. Yeah. Thank you. I was trying to turn my radio down. Oh, sure. So, um, I'm trying to think of all of the things that, uh, all of the new things. There are so many new things that they keep popping and I forget them as they go by my go by my thinking here uh how about for you uh i see all kinds of great uh great posts about uh sales of the book and all that kind of stuff and i i, I he, he he's he, I, I never expected uh i'm really a guy that really wrote this book because it was important to me yeah sure and so uh I just never expected the sales to be as they are. Mm. And I don't know if that's just the way it is now, or that's, you know. But I've just um, it's just been so good to me. It's it's and then I wrote the book uh, intentionally. I was afraid to do this. Let me just say this intentionally, leaving some things out because I wanted to start. I didn't want people to talk about it. The editor told me that if you put certain things in this book, people will take this book and go to stations with your concepts. They'll write blogs. They'll take because some of the things that you're going to talk about, because this is a generally subject is generally new for some, they never heard it. Mm -hmm. They'll take it. They'll write a book. So get into so start so start to spark. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what I'm saying. Yep. You know, yep. spark start, it, start it, it, and then build on, and then build on. Yep. Man, <laughs> so I've uh, I've got I've got um, I've got several and. Uh, Several several other signings. People have asked me to do signings. Good. And, uh, I've I've been sold out of books three times. Well, good. That's you great, know, man. Trying to be conservative about you know um, ordering my books because and it's hard for me to sell stuff. Probably like you. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to. It's hard for me to ask people to buy. Something. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you, know just, but, you know what I noticed though was that you had this great. Um, uh, opportunity to do uh, something with your fraternity, for instance, yeah, yeah. you've got your church, so you've got some built-in networks already for yeah. folks. Yeah. And, and engagements that I have, uh, uh, this is normally a time where you have a lot of engagements heading toward, you know, Christmas. Mm -hmm. And people, all of the people who I have engagements with, pastors, their assistant, administrative assistants have called me to ask me to set up, mm -hmm. set the book up, you know, when mm -hmm. I'm out there. That's, that's, they probably needed to do that because I wouldn't have asked to do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so yeah, man. I, I um, so I sold out the my fraternity. That just really blew me blew me away because those are some hard guys. You know, <laughs> you know they, they're some hard guys. Man. They bought they bought books. If I had three cases of books that day, I could have sold them all. Wow. You know, that's uh, great. Well, they, congratulations, man. Just straight up, that's uh, that's just a huge issue, and uh, we're grateful uh, that uh, you've had these kinds of good. And the, and the missus who collects the money, she's, she's happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> to Gina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, I want you to know to Gina that he only speaks very highly and very positively and pro and uh, well, just well about you, all the time, off air on it, all the time. I just want you to know that. <laughs> he gave you gave this great soliloquy about your wife last week. Oh my word! Yeah, that was great. She was yeah. Um, she's a good girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a it's a good thing. So all of these uh, very positive uh, impacts. Are you preaching uh, a new series here in the pulpit? I'm actually about to finish a series. Um, I've been teaching about um, the, okay the principles of the kingdom of God versus the principle. Of the world's Christianity, um, and so I'm going to finish uh, next week. Good for you. Um, that that you, you, if you get, I know you have gotten into a teaching mm -hmm. because the Holy Spirit told you to study this, and then you get into it, and oh my goodness! Yeah. So, yeah. and we are back. Warpin Wolf Radio, Radio Next TV at the Cool Groove site. Glad to be here with Dr. Clyde Posley. Harold H.B. Uh, Bell uh, taking care of the tunes in the backdrop as well as all the production uh, processes that we're engaged with. This particular day, we are dealing with the issue of real estate mm -hmm. and ownership. And I want to give a shout out to our friend, uh, Polly Riddell. Uh, Polly is uh, what I refer to at the Comenius Institute as the Chief Connections Officer, our CCO. Polly is constantly connecting us with folks in and around Indianapolis. Uh, got some new connections, some very exciting opportunities here even going forward uh, just this morning and last evening. So, Polly, thank you for your work and for your good work uh, on behalf of Cominius. Looking forward to our first, uh, to the premiere showing of our movie. Uh, Dr. Clyde's in it, actually, uh, and that 47-minute movie is coming out uh, next Thursday. We're looking for uh, new opportunities to show that around town. So if you're interested in uh, setting up a home group, a church group, uh, any kind of group, uh, we'll be happy to show it. Uh, actually interested in, since we're talking about real estate, uh, I'll just mention that it would be really cool if we had a whole bunch of real estate folks out there who would say, you know what, uh, we want to give a one-for-one. One. Uh, we want uh, foot traffic through our model homes, and we'll let you use our model home for a couple of hours to do a premiere showing of this particular movie. And uh, we get foot traffic, and you get the space in a nice place and uh, that would be really great. So if there are people out there that are interested in those kinds of things, please connect with me. Uh, I'm all over social media, echo1957 at Gmail. Uh, hit us up and uh, let's check these things out. Let's continue our conversation. Uh, we're here. Uh, the issue, of course, is uh, real estate and ownership mm -hmm. and stewardship. And uh, we've talked generally about the negative of materialism. We talked generally about stewardship. Let's press the issue a little bit further and talk about why this is beneficial for the whole of the community. So we're talking to Christians. We're talking about Christians. We're talking about the benefit that Christians bring. What is the benefit that Christians bring to a whole community, to a neighborhood, to a city? How does, how does our responsibility of ownership benefit everybody else? Yeah. I, th there's a certain pride and, uh, in the owner and an esteem from ownership that I believe blossoms. Uh, that I believe blossoms uh, when people have the opportunity to own uh, 
it, it, whether it be, it, there's a small principle here with, with dealing with young people. When you give, I have, I have four children, and uh, I have noticed that they did not treat the car I gave them when they got their license, <laughs> licenses, um, the same as they treated the first car they bought. They bought, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that principle uh, is, at play, I think, in a broader sense for communities. I think when people um, are, this is my view, this is my opinion, in, in, and, I, and I'm an urban pastor, so I think I have the right to, you know, I, have, I have a little, you know, I hope I have a little You got some cred. Yeah. When, when people rent or when people rent a, a houses or rent apartments, some of those people, uh, because they know that's not their property, uh, some of them do not treat that property the same or, or, or value themselves for being able to, 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 to pay the bills in that place and appreciate themselves for doing it. But when you sign that mortgage and when you own that or when uh, that car is uh, yours versus one you may have rented or whatever, you, 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 you develop, you, you, you feel good because you know, you see more clearly how your dollars are going to benefit something that you own and causing appreciation mm. when you, now it's an investment. And when you know that you are sowing your own money into something that is appreciated, that is growing in value, mm. that you are doing better for yourself and better for your family. And then several people on your street and several people in your neighborhood and then several people in, in that region or having the same way, there's a disposition within that community mm-hmm. that's different than people who don't have a vested interest financially That's right. in that community. Yeah, so the issue of appreciation, and we're not talking about patting somebody on the back, we're talking about growth and flourishing right. as we speak about the word appreciation. Uh, and of course, to your good point, that uh, there is a dispositional change. That is, there's an internal, emotive, uh, healthy change that takes place within a whole community when people start taking care of that which right, has been right. given and, to them. And you can't, you, and no one person can take care of the whole community. Right. You know, I say this at church all the time. No one person is responsible for keeping our church clean, our property this way or that mm-hmm. way. We. 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 That's right. You know. And this is uh, a crucial issue that we find all the way through First Testament teaching. I'm thinking about Isaiah chapter 40. I'm thinking about Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah 39. And a passage I really wanted to mention, uh, at least in passing, is Jeremiah 29, 4 to 7, when God writes the letter to the exiles, mm-hmm. and he says to them, uh, I want you to marry, uh, give your sons and your daughters in marriage. I want you to build gardens and uh, eat from them. And then in that seventh verse, he uses the word shalom three times. He says, I want you to shalom the city, uh, p- to provide shalom for the city. And by doing so, you're providing shalom to the whole of the, of the country. Right. Peace in your house is peace in the community. That, that's it. Right. So if you're generating this kind of uh, benefit to others in your community, people are going to see it. They're going to recognize it for what it is. They're going to look at it and say, wow, this is a good thing. We're glad these people are around. We're happy that they participate in our community. All of that kind of thing is beneficial. Right. Absolutely. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, please. When we, uh, when we talk about the issue of real estate then, and we, we, uh, Dr. Clyde was just talking about uh, the issue of renting, uh, we could flip that around and also talk about the responsibility of the landlord uh, in uh, the rental property issues. So that would be perhaps another discussion. I don't know that we could necessarily flesh it all out here today. 
but I guess what we're suggesting is that everybody bears responsibility. Yeah, there you go. That's what I was about to say. You yeah. know, in, in a culture, because um, you know, a, a, a mentor once told me that a culture can be defined as simply a group of get people held together by a common idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, and, well, actually, he said a cult is held together. And so a culture, he said, don't assume that a, a culture is bad because it has the word cult in it. Right. You know, so cultures need to be held together by common ideas, mm-hmm. which means that there, there will always be some um, who own property who others need to buy from. Mm-hmm. That, that, I mean, that's that, that, that's OK, yeah. you know, because all of us, some, some people, you know, I certainly am better off financially today than I was at 30, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 I, and you should expect. You're probably better off financially today than you were than you were yes, at thirty. Yes. And so, with, with with that said, there will always be owners, or lenders, and borrowers. Mm-hmm. What we need to have is the same mindset. Mm. The the lender uh, needs to all if he's a lender needs to be seeking a way to cause the borrower to be one day become a lender mm-hmm. or an owner. Right. And and that's a mindset when you, you brought up a landlord, mm-hmm. you know, far too often a day you have uh, individuals who are wealthy or rich or, or in a position to do that, who are not seeking to cause the persons who are renting for them to ever get freed mm-hmm. from this. No, I, I want to help you. Mm-hmm. I want if you rent one of my properties, I want to help you with a a um, with a plan. Because actually, it benefits me to help you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lose anything if I help you. Right. Uh, you know, be, become self-sufficient, solvent, uh, and strengthen your resolve about your own personal prosperity. And the flip side of that, the negative of that, is if you try to keep people down because yeah. you own stuff, there's an evil attached to that that comes. Oh to my it. word! And that there's the problem, of course, Oppression. that we face. Right. Yeah, and it, say that word again. O- oppression. Oppression. That's exactly right. So this oppression comes in lots of different forms, and the oppression in this particular case could certainly be one of not just the issue of an idea, but the issue of trying to keep back the opportunity right. for ownership. Because all of us, whatever stride, we're on this show because we take advantage of opportunities others provided for us, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we have to spend our lives. I was I was driving along here. Thinking of, I have some students that, that of recent, I got a red letter today, three PhD students. You just went out of town not long ago speaking to some PhD mm-hmm. students. You, you, no one's going to tell me that opportunities for us are not happening that, uh, because of how, the doors we try to open for other people. Mm-hmm. That is Christian. Mm-hmm. That is kingdom. That is, that is some, that is, and we're talking about ownership. We're not just, we are speaking about real estate, uh, real estate today. But what you do with what you have, faithful over a few things, ruler over much. Mm-hmm. A lot a lot of times people wonder why they don't get opportunities to expand, whether it be real estate or opportunities or business ventures or mm-hmm. just whatever the case. And, and, and sometimes what those people should do is take a look back and see what opportunities have you opened for other people? Mm-hmm. Uh, because God opens opportunities for you. Mm-hmm. When you try to open up, when you do open opportunities for other people, and that's really a powerful statement. And let's let's just build on that good word and say that our not just are we concerned about opportunities, but we're concerned to uh, provide these opportunities or benefit these opportunities with our own hard work and excellence. Mm-hmm. And I think that word is one that we need to emphasize to Christians as well. Mm-hmm. We can't do slipshod work. The Proverbs is very clear about this, that the man who does his work well will serve before kings. 
And the emphasis and the opportunity, of course, is ours, and we ought to take full advantage of that. You but you that cannot, People need to hear that. We cannot bring it weak. When you are responsible, as the proverb says, to do things in excellence, then you will serve before kings. If you do slipshod work, if you do things poorly, if you don't uh, take care of, let's say, we're, because we're writers and we're academics, if you don't do your writing well and you don't uh, publish your book well, well and, and you don't uh, take care of uh, deep research into your sermons or my teaching on Sunday morning, whatever it might be, then that's going to show. That's right. And people are going to see and it people for what it is. People are going to see it. That's right. right. Exactly. That is, that is that. man, I hope the audience really, really understands, understands. And, and whatever, um, Colossians chapter 3, I believe in verse 23, mm -hmm. further explains, not, not intentionally, but further explains that, that principle, that whatsoever you do, do it heartedly, mm -hmm. unto, wholeheartedly, unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. Don't just mail it in. <laughs> do it well. Right. It doesn't have to be better than everyone else. Right. Do your That's best. Right. This isn't a competition. Right. This is not an issue of I got to beat somebody else at, at their game. This is an issue of what has God given to me right in front of me, my responsibility. So in our case, we go back to this uh, on a regular basis. We say we've been given minds as academics, and we bear responsibility for that mindset that God has given to us. Hey, if you're a really excellent uh, person who picks up garbage, then do it with excellence. If you're a person who does well at business, creating wealth for people, do it excellently. If you're a builder and you're good with a hammer, man, do it well so that all of these things that are done well are uh, esteemed. And let me just give a shout out to all of the moms who stay at home, all the homemakers, all the people who make uh, going out into the world easier because they've made a meal because they've cleaned clothes, because they've made the opportunity for this person to get out of the house easier that particular day. You might be dealing with children. I'm thinking about my own daughter right now with four little ones at home. I'm thinking about how she manages not only her household, but her children, and of course allows then those who come in and out of her, her home uh, to do so with a, with a great uh, benefit, uh, not only to uh, that household, but uh, to everybody in the community. And so what we're doing then, and it doesn't matter what it is that we're doing, but whatever it is that we're doing, we ought to do it well. Right. And we shouldn't sit around thinking, well, how come nobody sees this? Because guess what? People are watching constantly and you never know right. what might happen when somebody sees you. So exactly right. don't lag, don't stop, don't skip a beat, don't think I can do this tomorrow. Our responsibility is a regular responsibility, and that's something, of course, that we uh, must always bear in mind. That's, that's I couldn't have, I, as you were speaking, I was thinking about the Martin Luther King, uh, a quote from him. He said, if you're going to be a street sweeper, be the best <laughs> street sweeper in the world, you know, whatever the case. And, 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 and so that just, I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> because I've watched God, I've watched God, um, uh, you know, as a preacher, as you know, we have a lot of analogies, you know, so. Uh, years ago, I used to do one of the things. One way the Lord opened doors for me. I preached a lot of revivals. You might call them camp meetings, mm -hmm. where they preach every day, in, yeah. in a week or a month. Right. So I did a lot. One year, I took off from my job, uh, and and I and that, that's how I lived mm -hmm. that one week, wow. that one year. Mm -hmm. And uh, God was just so gracious to me. I, I was in my late twenties. It was unheard of. Mm -hmm. I was in St. Louis, and I had one suit now, a young family, mm -hmm. and um, we just were struggling. Yeah. We had kids, young, quick, close together. Mm -hmm. And I was in this um, 
I was preaching the revival in St. Louis. I'm talking about stewardship. At one suit, the guy, the preacher didn't know I had, well, if I was there to preach five nights. Mm -hmm. I brought one suit, and this suit was worn between the thighs. Yeah. And um, the cuff had come out. I had pins in the cuffs, and I had these one pair of black shoes and a hole in the shoes. So sometimes, mm -hmm. as preachers, Baptist preachers, we might get happy and <laughs> they might raise a leg or a foot or something. <laughs> but this, in this instance, I had, um, I couldn't. I couldn't, you couldn't raise I couldn't the move. foot. So I had, to I had to preach just like I've been taught in seminary. Oh my. You stand here, don't move. Wow. You know, uh, you know, and I was I couldn't raise my arm too much because I didn't want the suit to tear. <laughs> but I preached five nights. I oh, brought five different word. ties and three shirts. Mm. And I preached this whole night. And then I preached that Sunday this whole week. And I preached that mm -hmm. Sunday. And I was driving back to from St. Louis to Indianapolis. It was at the Zion Travers Baptist Church, Dr. Lyndon Lewis, the pastor. And uh, I was driving back. The Lord told me, if you simply obey my voice, obey what I told you to do, there is no limit to the clothing, shoes, and attire you'll need. I simply mm -hmm. need you to commit your heart to just preaching. Mm. There you go. And I'm telling you, and this is not to brag. That kind of story is not to brag. He has done what he has said. He has done what he has said. So our response to anybody who's listening to us out there, no matter what job you're doing, no matter what, what labor you are invested in, yeah, do it well. He will provide if yeah. you do well. And by the way, I should suggest to us also that we're not giving uh, God a time limit on this. Uh, right. we, we shouldn't think that, you know, I did good this week, so, you know, because that is simply a works righteousness kind soul. of emphasis. Yeah, you're, you're sowing seed. You're sowing, right. And, and if you remember the metaphor all the way through the Bible, by the way, uh, about farming, uh, I'm thinking about the book of James, for instance, where James talks about you plant the seed and then you water it, and the farmer knows that it's going to take some time Absolutely. before the harvest comes up. Our responsibility is just to continue doing what we do. Absolutely. The harvest is not up to us. And I think that's something that, uh, especially young people, uh, I find myself speaking to young people in that way, on a regular basis that they need to recognize this isn't something and that's going to happen tomorrow. And learn that. Genesis teaches us that uh, Moses said that as long as the earth remaineth, there will be seed time mm -hmm. and harvest. And harvest. Okay. Um, and, and, and I, I, I want to offer the notion, the assertion, make the assertion that every single thing in the kingdom mm -hmm. is about seed, by sowing seed and harvest. Mm -hmm. Everything. We are here uh, through the process of intimacy that God made for our parents. It's it's a process of seed, sowing, and harvest. One, one planting, uh, uh, no one soweth, another planting, one plant, another one rather, and God gives increase. Mm -hmm. When God wanted a family, he had a son, but he wanted a family. He planted that son mm. in the earth and from it reaped a family. Mm. Everything that, if, if you check it, uh, our church is broke. If I preach on Sunday morning, you preach on Sunday morning. We're looking, we're, we're taking the word, which, which Jesus says in the prayer of the sword, the word is seed. Mm -hmm. We're sowing it and churches grow 
from the pregnancy of that bride. Mm -hmm. And so everything is about sowing and reap. Conversations. Mm -hmm. We're teachers. We're, as, 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 as teachers and professors, we are trying to cause you, in many ways, but cause you to, to, to earn the credits to be a sophomore <laughs> from what we're sowing into you and you're receiving yeah, as a freshman. Isn't you know that the truth? You sow. <laughs> it, it's all so everything. If you check it, man, it's sowing and reaping. Mm -hmm. You want the Bible says he that would have a friend must first show himself, show us, show himself as friendly. Mm -hmm. So you got if you want friendship, you got to sow mm -hmm. friendship. Yeah. And so everything is about sowing and reaping. And I think if young people, as you were saying earlier, would understand that the kingdom of God, even life, and mm -hmm. this this beyond the, the kingdom of God. Not, not, I don't, don't want to say beyond the kingdom of God. Just in life, period. Everything, even evil, comes back to you from sowing in evil. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh mm -hmm. reap corruption. Mm -hmm. So everything is about, you're going to get out of a thing what you put in the thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, this is important as we think about the emphasis of um, what we're thinking about concerning uh, persecution. Let's let, let me just kind of take this on a turn for just a moment and say this because I love this concept that you bring forward here about the seed. I'm thinking about John chapter 12 where Jesus said, "The seed must die mm -hmm. in order for there to be fruit." Except it fall into the ground and die. There That's you right. go. So sometimes, and I, we want to be sure to, that everybody hears this. First of all, Dr. Clyde and I are not prosperity gospel preachers. We don't think that just because you know you're a believer that somehow God's going to make you healthy and wealthy. That's right. What what we do believe in is that sometimes the work that we do is a sacrificial work that might not see its fruition until after we are gone. That's right. Now, that's not a very happy thought when you're stopping to think about, hey, this is my life. I've got a short lifespan. Uh, I want to make sure to see product while I'm here. Sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. There is no guarantee to that. Yeah, there is no guarantee you're going to see it. That's right. But if you spend a life of sowing, just as it takes time for seed to, to manifest, if you're always sowing, then you're going to always be manifesting. Right. And the, the emphasis that we want to make sure that everybody understands is that this is something that is a constant. It's not something that we stop at. Uh, it's not something that we think, you know, woe is me if I don't see it right now. Right. Uh, sometimes we have to think to ourselves, you know, as we study history, mm -hmm. some of the great people in history didn't necessarily see the fruition of their work mm -hmm. while they were living. Yeah, that's a necessary concept for any sower, mm -hmm. whether it be a teacher, a farmer, or a, you know, even a, a husband and a wife. You, you, you establish the process of making a child you're going to have to wait at least nine months mm -hmm. before you see mm -hmm. the child that right. the process uh, uh, created. And so I, I brought that up to say one of the, maybe the most necessary component or attribute of a great sower or farmer of any nature is patience. Mm, isn't that the truth? And I, what you just mentioned the word teacher and it automatically makes me think the same thing every single time. Um, for you in the pulpit, for me behind a lectern or in a classroom, I think, you know what, I may not see the fruit of my labor right. for 5, 10, 20 years. Maybe, and uh, maybe not maybe at all. Never. Right. Maybe not on this earth. That's, That's right. right. That's and, right. I, and I may be greeted someday, right. a la Luke 16, making friends in heaven. That's right. Uh, I may be greeted someday by those who's uh, who heard the message and refused it while yeah. I was here on earth. Boy, that's about, and, and that is powerful. It is. And this, this concern that we have 
uh, about the what Scripture teaches us about this issue uh, is really important to both of us. So uh, for those of us who are teachers, for those of us who are preachers, those of you hearing my voice, our voices, uh, seeing the podcast later on, whatever the case might be, remember this point. Our responsibility is not that we think this is going to get done and we're going to uh, find fruition right now. It might not happen. We might not see it for years to come, but that is not to say that we should stop working at the moment. Right, right. You know, uh, one of the tricks that Satan plays or uh, uh, the demons play on the minds of young people, everybody, but I'm talking to young people right now, is that it's not worth the wait. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, you're not going to see anything. There, there, any get rich quick scheme, mm-hmm. whether it a quick degree, mm-hmm. a quick turnaround for money, yep. it's probably not worth the paper it's printed on. That's right. No, in anything, the best meals my mother made took the longest. <laughs> there you go. You know, we live in an age of microwave hot pockets today that everything yep. can be thrown in and all that. Okay, that's, all right, that's fine. That's fine. These things are faster. But when my mother took the time to let that roast cook mm-hmm. and simmer, or on Thanksgiving, it seemed like she never got done cooking, but the turkey <laughs> took forever, the ham took forever. But those were the best meals. The best meals are the ones that take time. And even in relative to uh, home ownership and, and, and real estate, yeah, you may, not, you, you may not come out of college and be able to purchase a house immediately, but be, move, be leaning toward the process of learning what's required mm-hmm. because ownership will do far more for your life than simply paying into another person's prosperity. Isn't always. that the truth? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, as Dr. Clyde well suggests, you know, you might have to rent for a while. Right. I mean, that's just part of life. Yeah. So, not. Right. so the emphasis for us is simply uh, we build, we accrue wealth over a period of time. Uh, Dr. Clyde's point is well taken. This isn't a quick uh, get-rich-quick scheme. Proverbs is replete with these kinds of statements over and over and over again. That wealth comes little by little is the better kind of wealth, that this kind of thing that it's going to happen for you overnight uh, could come through corruption. And we don't want any part of that. And so when we think about how many years it's taken us to arrive at this particular juncture in our lives. uh, Just some people trying to tell you who have been, you know, we're academics. We had to get our education. Mm -hmm. You know, neither of us came up in in absolutely perfect uh, homes. Mm -hmm. We had to fight through the process. It, it was a process, mm-hmm. and 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 we want people hearing us, particularly millennials, yeah. who may be listening right now. It, it, it's going, it, it can happen for you, mm-hmm. but there's a price because when you happen, you want it to be sure. Mm-hmm. So it may be slower than you like, but be moving to because once because once it happens, mm-hmm. nothing can tear it down because of how it's built. This is an important idea as it relates to uh, study and education. So. Here- Here's a story that just came out of the PhD course I was in. You mentioned this a moment ago. Mm-hmm. I had students from Uganda, from Kenya, and from Zimbabwe okay. in this particular course. And at some juncture during the course, uh, they said, you know, this is very hard. We didn't realize it was going to be so difficult. And they were just venting. You know, it's what students do sometimes. <laughs> you and I do that kind of thing, too. Uh, so they were just letting me know, hey, this was a hard thing. And uh, so when they were finished, they said, what do you think about that? And I said to them, when you earn your PhD, you will change Africa for the next 100 years. Mm. Your investment in this degree means that everybody will look to you as the leader of your nation state and of your continent. Right. 
Right. And we all know, and as I, I kept on going on, I said, you know, the North and the West are shrinking in terms of Christendom, and we know that the East and the South are expanding, certainly true in Asia, certainly true in Africa. And we want to build into the leadership in places like Uganda and Zimbabwe and Kenya because those are the leaders of the next generation. Right. That is, that's, that's really powerful. So we're concerned about these things for all people, uh, no matter where we are, Indianapolis or Africa, it doesn't really matter to us. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's, that's powerful stuff, man. Yeah. So we're, we're investing in the future, even right now. The, the time that you and I are taking right now is investing in people's lives. The people that hear us, maybe for five minutes, maybe for the whole two hours, uh, doesn't really matter. Uh, they're gaining some wisdom. They're gaining some biblical principles. In just a few minutes, uh, Dolores Kennedy just walked in the door. Can't wait to hear her story here in the second hour. If you stay with us for the second hour, you are going to get your socks blown off. I'm telling you, the history that Dolores is going to bring forward uh, about the Central Indiana Realtist Association, we'll hear all about that and the importance of the work that she has done, the history that we should never forget, and at the same time, as we always say, we don't live there either. You've been listening to Warp and Woof Radio. This is our first hour. Uh, Dr. Clyde Posley and I have been talking about ownership, about stewardship, about the importance of flourishing in the community. And in the second hour, we're going to pick up on the real estate emphasis as we have our special guest, Dolores Kennedy here, a realtor here in Indianapolis. Warp and Woof Radio, we're going to take a two-song break. We're going to get some pictures taken. So those of you on Facebook Live, hang with us for a bit. And those of you listening to the podcast, well... Hang, enjoy the cool groove uh, station and the jazz that uh, HB puts together here for us. Two songs. We'll be back in eight minutes. All right, folks, thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, we're going to go get some pictures taken. Great discussion today, man. I think so. pictures so hang in there with us thank you for joining us and uh, we'll be back don't leave us we'll be right back I didn't see her oh there you are hi Diana 
Thank you so much for being with us here today. Dr. Well, good. We're glad you're here, too. We're going to get a picture right away. Oh, a picture. Okay. Yeah, you get to be in a picture. Come on over okay, here with okay, us. Okay, okay. We're so pleased that you could join us, really. Oh, Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I'm glad you brought your friend. Thank yes. you. Um, oh, is it Harold? Harold's taking the picture. That's right. He's, okay. The man is taking the picture. All right. One Everybody, we are uh, we are coming back here. Just got the picture taken. Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking with Diana and Dolores about their work in the real estate uh, world, and then of course uh, we'll be talking about the history of the Realtist Association. So you're going to be hearing some chairs being moved around here in a bit. In a bit. Uh, thanks for uh, being with us here today. And for those of you who are going to uh, hook up uh, later on with the Facebook Live uh, broadcast uh, that we actually keep, um, and we save these videos, so we'll make sure that uh, this gets up and saved later on, and we'll archive it, and uh, we'll also have the podcast uh, coming out as well. Great conversation um, with Clyde this morning about the issue of ownership and flourishing and uh, the necessity of seeing the distinction between materialism and uh, the other uh, obviously positive things uh, that we can talk about concerning uh, finances, money, our responsibility to it and ownership and all the rest of that. Um, I really appreciated the last bit that we were talking about concerning what we do, we do with excellence, uh, the emphasis of uh, realizing that we're planting seeds that the things that we do uh, may not see their full or ultimate fruition uh, for some time. Uh, that's sometimes disconcerting, especially to those of us like me <laughs> who are always very uh, impatient. Uh, we want everything yesterday, that kind of thing, and so we, we kind of have to struggle about and against those kinds of things. So uh, we're uh, focused then on the, the needs that we have uh, to understand what is a biblical vantage point for these kinds of uh, concepts. So uh, Diana and Dolores will be joining us here in just a second. Dr. Clyde will be coming back in. Uh, we pretty much just uh, put up softball questions here for the second hour and allow our guests uh, the opportunity to talk about what they do, who they are, the responsibilities that they have uh, in investment in our community. Christians who are doing good, Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14, uh, we're really focused on those kinds of things here, building community uh, throughout Indianapolis. So uh, again, for those of you on Facebook Live, you're hearing this, uh, hearing my bit of an aside, a soliloquy here on the side, uh, until our guests come in and sit with us, and we'll have a, a great interview time with them. 
Uh, just uh, as a commercial break, uh, let me say that our premiere showing of the uh, Comenius movie, our story of Comenius, is coming out next Thursday night, 6.30 down in Southport in a model home down there. Uh, connect with Polly Riddell or myself on social media or uh, shoot me a message at echo1957 at uh, Gmail and uh, we'll make sure that you get all the information you need. And we're also looking for um, small groups, home groups, church groups, uh, wherever, whomever, to actually show these, uh, show this particular uh, film to those uh, around. We'll have hors d'oeuvres, drinks, that kind of thing, uh, a bit of uh, discussion, uh, conversation, and then we'll show the 47-minute film uh, to everybody and the, uh, that shows up that whatever wherever the place might be. And then we'll, I'll be there for Q&A afterwards uh, to talk further about what it is that we are actually doing here in the community. Again, just to tell you about the three bridges we cross at college, my work at IUPUI with young Christian students, communities here in radio show uh, throughout Indianapolis, and then, of course, the emphasis on culture. We're always bridging cultures, and we do that in many, many different kinds of ways. Uh, you heard Dr. Clyde and I talking about his book that just came out here recently. And then, of course, all of the other uh, emphases that we have as well. Um, the uh, teaching that is going on, uh, Dr. Clyde is just finishing up a series on kingdom work uh, that we want to make sure that everybody understands and knows about. Uh, I'm also doing a series here at my own uh, local church, uh, which is a series on uh thoughtful Christians and culture. You can go to the ComeniusInstitute.org.com, uh, key uh, into the videos there that are there, and uh, you can find the, the video teaching there. You can find our Truth in Two series that comes out every Tuesday. The last uh, couple of uh, weeks, we've actually put it out on Monday because of the big events around the nation that have taken place on Tuesday, but uh, we do nonetheless uh, put those out every week. They're video, two-minute videos, uh, so that people can see uh, the truths that uh, come out of a Christian view of life and things out of Scripture, and then uh, see them worked out in the realities of life around us through story, and of course through uh, the kind of video teaching that we do there. Just two minutes, truth in two is the emphasis there. There are all kinds of podcasts there as well. Uh, all of our radio shows are archived. Uh, you can find them on iTunes, find our Warp and Woof Radio iTunes store. Uh, all of those iTunes are there uh, for you, easily accessed. We've got all kinds of subjects. We're talking about real estate here today, uh, but we also have uh, gentrification, let's say, for instance, we talk about that, or the issue of uh, government and responsibility there, or leadership. We had Larry Smith on from IUPUI. Uh, we had uh, Elevate on uh, just recently with Aaron Story and his good work here in Indianapolis, who uh, is doing great work here in the inner city with young people, helping them uh, in their investment of education. Uh, so we've got guests coming that are uh, from varied, varied perspectives. We engage all different kinds of subject areas, and so uh, constantly uh, concerned and interested in uh, seeing the kinds of opportunities that we see around Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, being... Um, being uh, shared here in place like our radio show. So, um, Diana and Dolores are coming in. Uh, we're grateful for their presence, um, and we'll be focused on them here for the next uh, bit. There you go, yeah. However that works best for you guys. 
time we have HP? All right, two minutes. Okay. All right, ladies, you are on Facebook Live right there. Yeah, you can wave and say hello to people. Hi, Facebook there you, Live. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you'll see stuff pop up here and there, and I'll be hitting the screen from time to time for whoever might be waving at us, that kind of stuff. So, you know. Um, all of this will be archived. You can pick it up later on. You can watch yourselves, you know, and, and all that good stuff. Uh, we'll, when the uh, iTunes podcast comes out, you can um, use that in any way that you want. Use it for promotional materials, however that happens for you guys. Uh, happy to, uh, to make reconnections in some way that might be beneficial for you in the future. So whatever we can do for you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, just so you know, I've actually put the questions that I sent here uh, again, and uh, like I said in my emails, you know, this is uh, these are softball questions. We just uh, throw them up there, easy to hit. You guys just lay into it, you know. Let, let everybody know what you're doing and why you're doing it and why it's important. This, this, this is all about you talking, so you That's can't right. talk too much. We, we won't we'll say very little. And we are back, Warp and Woof Radio. Oh, not yet. Okay, sorry. I'm leaving that sorry, Facebook Live. We'll get it together. So nothing that you're saying is going to make me leave. I'm leaving at 1130. <laughs> no, we're going to take that real personally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that's why I'm glad I said something. <laughs> All right, we're back. Warping Wolf Radio, Radio Next.TV at the Cool Groove site. You hear us every Wednesday from 10 until noon. Dr. Clyde Posley, Dr. Mark Eckle, we're glad to be with you here on Facebook Live as well as on our podcast. Those of you listening live to us on radio at RadioNext.TV, we're grateful for your presence. And uh, here we have uh, today in our second hour, we're talking about real estate ownership, the necessity of what we do uh, in and around Indianapolis doing good. Uh, we have Diane Dolores here uh, with us. We have uh, somebody who's not simply a real estate agent, but someone else who's actually a banker, a loan manager, an officer who makes sure that people get the money that they need for the real estate that they have. That's so my job. There you go. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much for being with us and welcome today. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Yes, thank you. We're really happy that you're here. So um, let's just begin with a very simple, tell us about yourselves, a little bit about your background. Whoever would like to go first, just jump in there and tell us about who you are. Uh, I'm Dolores Kennedy. Uh, I'm a real estate broker here in Indianapolis. I've been in real estate for about 25 years. I've been an independent broker um, for uh, 20 years at least. Um, my specialty is single family uh, home buy, uh, purchasing, and um, I like what I do. <laughs> she actually loves what she does. Uh, that's good. <laughs> I'm Diana Rice Wilkerson. I'm a loan officer. My job is to show you the money. I have been lending money for a very long time. I actually started out on the retail side of the bank making auto loans and personal loans and those kind of loans when it was more easy to get them. And then I transferred to the mortgage department, which I've been in mortgage finance in some way, shape, form, or fashion, I would say, over the past 30 years. Wow. And during that time, um, uh, and it's ministry work. I love it. I started out, um, it's, it's a long story, so we won't take, I won't tell you the whole story. But the way I started, it involved developing a loan program to serve low and moderate income households because during the time I was originating, loan programs were not available 
able to address the unique needs of low moderate income families. So I was on the front end of helping to design a product to meet the needs of those families. I later went to Habitat for Humanity as their executive director. I also worked at the Indianapolis Neighborhood Housing Partnership as their director of mortgage programs. Mm. So now I'm I'm a loan officer after a stint in and leadership. You know, it's one of those things where you come back and you pray about it. You know, where do I go from here? And I was led to come back into a nation. So I continue that um, that ministry work with dealing with a lot of first-time home buyers and with moderate income families. Mm. This is a, a fantastic opportunity for those who might need some extra help uh, as it relates to home buying and real estate. Uh, first of all, I'm I'm really surprised that you all aren't uh, actually running all of Indianapolis for all that you do. I mean, all of the good things that you're already doing here in Indianapolis and for so many years, uh, benefiting so many good people. So uh, let's begin with uh, the obvious question. I think that anybody who's been listening to us uh, during this particular program is an interest in, and that is the issue of the history of the Realtist Association. So we want to make sure that everybody understands uh, the historic vantage point of where you've come from and where you are now. And I'm thinking specifically about the African-American community. So if you would give us just uh, an overview history, you can take the direction you'd like. Tell us a beginning to end, however you would like to go. Uh, but please give us the background as to why it is that CIRA actually exists and why realist is a word. Um, we, uh, uh, the realtors derive from the National Association of Real Estate Brokers, and you'll probably hear that acronym, NARAD. And, uh, and we are Central Indiana Realtors Association, which is, and the acronym is CIRA. And NARAD was formed in 1947. The reason for that is minorities could not be called realtors. That's how the word realtors came about. The word realtors was born so that we could have an organization to promote home ownership and to make home ownership a reality for everyone. Say that again. What could not, what did you say? We could not be called, minorities uh -huh. could not be called realtors. Realtors is a trademark, okay? So we could not be called realtors. In Indiana, in America. Period. Really? We could not be called Realtors. And so that's how, in 1947, NARAB uh, was born and how Realtors took off. And so uh, we are in our, it was in 1947, we're in our 70, I think 73rd year of, uh, of existence. Uh, CIRA, Central Indiana Realtors Association, has been in existence since 2012. We were chartered in 2012 uh, because, and and, but this was a process that had that taken place because we did not have an active chapter here, and most states have at least one chapter. We did not have one here, and this is we've been existing since 2012. But this was a journey that took us about 15 years to get it going. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have a group of people that are networking, and although we are we derive because we could not be part of the majority, we're very inclusive. Our, our, even our board, uh, there are majorities on our board, 
for lack of a better word, majorities on our boards. So we're not exclusive. I mean, you know, it's not like only minorities are in this group. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So we grew for, and our our existence is for promoting home ownership, building financial wealth, not just selling a home to somebody. We want them when we when we work with clients. We want them to be uh, to stay in their home, not buy a home, just to stay in their home, be there for 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 the rest of their lives or however long they want to right. be there. They don't want we don't want them to get in there and um, and have to lose their homes. So and we do that through education, through informing, through empowering them with education, and and because we have seminars and workshops that we promote this. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, in everything that the Lord said, I would also um, mimic one of the things I love about Sarah is, as she described, it's an inclusive group. So we are about serving a segment of the population. Mm -hmm. The focus is on African Americans mm -hmm. and, and minorities, immigrants, because the needs are different. Culturally, they're different. Mm -hmm. And so in the, in the broader scheme of things, many times the needs of these populations are not recognized. Mm -hmm. In this networking group that we have, uh, we, it's, it's comprised of lenders, realtors, insurance folk, anybody who performs a function in the home ownership process, mm -hmm. the home buying or ownership process. So we, we try to make sure because, and we kind of share the same heart about it mm -hmm. because this is hard work. Anytime you're talking to people about anything that they're not familiar with, there's an educational component. And yeah. then this is a long-term investment. So this this is not, oh, oops, I bought the house, now I want to give it back. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Oops, I used the wrong loan program, I want you to swap it out. Once you're in, you're in. Mm -hmm. And so everyone is committed to making sure we personally are trained with the best information possible in our respective fields so that we can give the best service to the client. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a commitment. It's a it's very different than what typically is involved in membership in other organizations. It, it really strikes me as, as a uh, quite a collaborative uh, emphasis that you have here. And it's not something that just one person could do, but it sounds as if you've brought a number of different groups around individuals with expertise so that you can help people. Absolutely. A good example would be um, one of the one of the folks that, that's in our organization is a real estate appraiser. And she's got the top credentials any real estate appraiser could have in the United States. Mm -hmm. It is awesome when you are encountering, a, like if I'm a loan officer and I'm talking to my client up front and they're telling me, hey, Diana, I wanna buy this house, but it's missing that or it's missing this. It's awesome to be able to text an actual appraiser mm -hmm. who's certified to do all the programs and say, is this gonna be a problem or not? So I'll be able to guide my client appropriately. Mm -hmm. Now that's better than the borrower just being in, included in the normal process, mm -hmm. pay that $500 up front, up, up front for an appraisal that you do not refund it if mm -hmm. things go bust, mm -hmm. only to find out you can't finance the house. Mm -hmm. So that's the type of thing, you know, we are able to touch the professionals, know the, know the information that we need, and we're so intertwined and connected. You know your specific role, but you got to have some idea of what this mm -hmm. for questions mm. and we know that the information we're getting back is accurate so we can serve our clients with the best of the best. Mm. This is a, a powerful testimony that you're bringing forward here and Dolores I have to say that one of the stories that um, struck me most when you and I met 
uh, over coffee that day was the story that you told about uh, a large store that wanted to come into a neighborhood and take out homes that where individuals had lived for some time and they had given their lives basically to this area. And uh, the store wanted to come in and basically take out these homes. Uh, Tell us that story again uh, so that everybody can hear this story because it was so powerful and I keep coming back to it. Um, one of, and, and, and in telling you this, um, one of the originators or founders of this organization in Ransom Place mm-hmm. was Mr. Sam Hatton, and he just recently passed. Mm-hmm. He was one of the, the uh, brown people in there that he wanted to, uh, they were not able to get mortgages. And so they were able to get a group together so that they would be able to build their own homes because... Nobody was giving them loans. They could not get loans at all. Well, probably about, what, five, ten years ago, a major uh, grocer here in the city uh, was going to take that area over in Ransom Place, offering them monies to, for them to move out so that they could build this big supermarket, superstore. Um, and they fought against it because they fought to get in there. And so they were not going to give up their, what they had fought so hard for. And so in doing that, they finally left. And, you know, they, they, they no longer want that, that area. And that area is, most of the people there, I would probably say 90% of the people are original homeowners wow. that built these houses back in the 50s and the 60s. Mm. They built them themselves. They didn't have the, the companies come mm-hmm. in and build them. They built themselves, sweat. Right. Yeah. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. Uh, when you own something, you you, you fight mm-hmm. differently for it. Sure do. You treat it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, as you think about the issues that you confront uh, in terms of history, tell us about the uh, the changes. Let's let's talk about the changes that have taken place uh, throughout history and how you've come to this particular place. And again, you can take this in any direction you'd like to to take it. But talk about the shifts, the the things that you've seen uh, that are that were once this way, but now in a different way uh, for the minority communities that you serve. Um, <clears throat> so the shifts that I've seen um, when I was first in origination, um, that was when it was just outright discrimination. I mean, redlining was real. Explain redlining. Um, redlining is that you live in a certain neighborhood. Normally, that's a neighborhood where there's an underserved population. Um, yes. And because you live in that neighborhood, the lenders do not want to make loans in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So you just automatically got denied. It was it was like up to the lender who they wanted to lend money to and where they wanted to lend money. And that was legal and that was okay. And then, of course, the uh, there was... Um, I can't remember all of the laws, excuse me, that came into place that made redlining illegal. It it actually is a law that exists that requires lenders to to lend in the communities where they actually serve. Mm -hmm. So if you're getting these checking and savings account customers coming in, you must invest back Mm -hmm. in the community. So that's, I've I've lived through Mm -hmm. that. Let's just kind of fast forward to here recently before the the mortgage crisis. Because before the mortgage crisis, 
um, homeownership is a business like any other business. So before the mortgage crisis, you know, lenders are looking to see who they can lend money to. At that point, the homeownership rate for whites, I would say probably was in the high 60s for African-Americans or minorities, possibly around the low, high 20s or 30s, which, which actually then indicated, this is from a business perspective, solely from a business perspective, that the opportunity to grow homeownership was among the minorities. Okay, fine and, fine and good. But what happened was, was the introduction of what we call subprime products, mm -hmm. because also around that whole time, uh, Washington deregulated a lot of the protections that were there for the consumer, um, that the consumer is totally unaware of, because that's we just do life, right? So mm -hmm. there were all these protections prevented lenders from doing things. Then deregulation came into place that permitted lenders kind of to act on their own conscience or ethics or whatever. Well, that never works. You know, that that, work both ways. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Uh -huh. Because money can make folks do crazy things. Yep. And so here we have this population that's excited to become homeowners because there are laws in place now that will permit them now to own their own home, but also comes the introduction of the products. Mm. And these are products that were never good for the consumer. They were actually designed for a pretty much a two-step transaction. So I'm going to sell you this program um, so that I can get paid, okay, once you close. And then I'm going to tell you, after a couple of years, come back and refinance and I can put you into this other product. And that was, that was, that was the way folks were trained. And a lot of folks that were being trained to say that had no background in mortgage mm -hmm. lending. They were just salespeople. And so as a result of that, the, the market was just taken over with tech products. Uh, there were things that always got under my skin. And a, a, a term, that a phrase or a saying would be that you heard often was, um, the, the folks could not, they were buying more houses than they could afford. Okay. Um, I, in a lot of ways, I'm like, I don't know that they were buying more houses than they could afford. They were buying a product they couldn't afford. Mm. Because it, was it, it, was, it wasn't the loan. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't it the was house. The it was right, the it loan. loan. Right, right. So if you're using a program, if you have a $150,000 house, and this is exaggerated, but not necessarily so much, but if you have a $150,000 house because you have a, and you have a program that has you making a $600 a month payment, right? And then two years from now, that payment doubles, right, to $1,200. It wasn't, because you could have had a, a payment of $900 from the very beginning fixed for 30 years, but no one gave you that option. Yeah, it's like a bad payday loan on steroids. It's a right, it was a bad payday loan on steroids. And so actually, my another realtor friend of mine, we started educating the community about the loans mm -hmm. because... We knew it wasn't the homes, but it was the loans. And it was like, we weren't bashing any product, but it's like, know what you're signing. So in terms of changes, we've seen total exclusion, right? Then inclusion, then complete, uh, whatever, there's probably a word that, you know, just a, um, just taking advantage of, just where you just... Manipulation. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and we've seen that happen with this, especially this community that's vulnerable. And now what we have is we've now gotten um, the CFPB, which is the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. We've got them in place now. And so they went back to regulating a lot of these. And I, this was a fact I had told my colleague this. 
I said, there, because I've been lending for a long time, I said, there is not one document in all of this stack of papers, not on the front end of the process, nor the back end, that you can pick up and read and know exactly what you have. And she said, Diana, not true. I said, it is true. Because I, I I, typed them on the typewriter along with entering in the computer. I've been to this business a long time. Well, one of the things now that we do have that every borrower has is that document. One document. It lets you know whether your product is fixed or adjustable, the terms, the price. And we also have regulations where so many days, well, actually, when we originate a loan, we have to disclose fees. Some of those fees absolutely cannot change, period, no matter what. You could have forgotten to put a fee on. You have to eat it today. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of protection in the process today that was not there. Um, I read a book, and it was a gift to me. And, and I, I really you know, know why I was reading the book, other than it was a gift. It was a book called The Color of Law by uh, Richard Rothstein. 2015 book, not, not, not very long. And he just literally walked through what you just explained, mm -hmm. how historically, uh, the, the way even America from the, from the 40s to now was set up with uh, basically when it comes to owner, rulership ownership with the red line concept. Mm -hmm. and, and it's how government, it's, it's where Watts came from, the structure of Watts, it's where the structure of the, the, the housing structure of Detroit Chicago and many major cities were, were, were set up designed to keep blacks in a particular region mm -hmm. and one of the ways they did it was making sure that they never could get that, borrow money uh, uh, to get outside of a certain region mm -hmm. and that this re this this regulation uh, was 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 pushed uh, by particular presidents particular administrations and and it just and, and in the 70s, is when is when the legislation really began to really move forward toward uh, opening the opportunities mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. to, to destroy. Uh, and and, and even with that, it, it, with mm -hmm. all of the regulations, we still have to have loan officers, people that will walk people through these processes, mm -hmm. because there are still people out there that mm -hmm. will still try to push things find to them, right. you know, find mm -hmm. ways to get sure. them in there for something that they cannot should not be able to afford mm -hmm. and, and maybe they can get home ownership but maybe not today mm -hmm. maybe right. it needs to be a little ways down maybe you need right. to save a little bit more money or something like that so we do need to have people that are have it in their heart that they want home ownership wealth building for the not only minorities but in our case right. that's what we're focusing on our initiative is mm -hmm. um, do they wrap is two million homes in five years a, a minority home ownership. We're pushing that, and that's what we want to. We want to push home ownership, but we want to be sure that they are ready. And in the redlining, there was also steering through real estate agents would when they go out to buy when you get ready to buy a house. Well, I'd like to buy this house over on this street. And they said, Well, no, no this one over here right. is better for All you. a part of keeping keep, the process. Keeping it, right. keeping the, the, you in the spot that they the, need you to be exactly. that they want you to be exactly. in. So we have to be we have to be very careful with that. And those things still happen. Sure they you do. know, they still happen and we might think that we're in two thousand eighteen and these things don't happen. They do happen. And maybe they're not as overt as they were mm -hmm. then. But they have people uh, thinking that, you know, this is a better place for you. 
and trying to get them to go someplace else. And that's why we need to educate and empower our people to be able to um, to know what, what what's the right product for them. Absolutely. And I really want to commend uh, uh, Dr. Echo for, for for bringing you guys uh, here today. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you. Uh, I'm gonna get back in touch with you and talk to you about how I can get both of you uh, to come to my church and talk to some of my uh, my millennials and 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 some of my not so millennials about home ownership and what steps they need to do to get themselves in position to do so. Now, uh, Sarah is working on the faith-based initiative okay. where we're getting uh, ministers together so that we can have them to come into their churches mm -hmm. and to not only teach people how to, mm -hmm. to purchase homes, but how to stay in their homes, how to do search for mortgages, you know, what, what are the questions that That's you so ask? Right. I think. So we are working on the faith-based initiative now, so we will contact, you will be Absolutely. there, we will contact. Absolutely. This this, I, I, that's, that's one of the things I love about Dr. Echo. He's, he's always trying to do what he can uh, for the community, period. Well, and, uh, and I must say that, honestly, that uh, the connections that I make uh, sometimes are things that providentially God brings to, to the mm -hmm. table uh, through others, but specifically now... Uh, my chief connections officer, Polly Riddell, yeah. is honestly the, <laughs> the person who does this uh, quite often for us. What's the title again? Uh, chief connections officer, CCO. <laughs> that's right. Oh, I love yeah, it. yeah I'm, I'm telling you, she is gold. I never want to lose Polly. So, Polly, thank you again for all that you do for us, and certainly for aligning us here with uh, Dolores and Diana this morning. Uh, Dr. Clyde is uh, going to be taken off here in just a minute. Um, let him. Uh, take off. We're going to be taking a one-song break, but when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Diana Dolores about Sierra, about uh, uh, the issues that surround uh, concerns that people have in the housing market here in Indianapolis. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. One-song break. We'll be right back. At the Cool Groove site. That's right. Yeah. That's all HB right over there. I'll give you my card. Okay. And um, because what we will be doing is... Uh, we're transitioning here, folks. Okay. Who's watching, right? Yeah, we're, we're doing Facebook <laughs> oh, Live. Facebook oh, Live. Are we still live? Yeah. I'm actually... Yeah, we're still live. Okay, we're still okay. Live. okay. We're live all the way through. Okay, all right. What church do you ladies go to? Eastern Star Friendly. And I and I and I, I I'm, I'm twofold. <laughs> I'm a member of Overcoming, but Far. we don't uh, over Bishop uh, Pastor Far. But they don't have a Sunday school. We don't have a Sunday school. Mm -hmm. So I am a member of Grace Apostolic mm -hmm. Sunday School because I am a lover of so I Absolutely. love to be taught. There will not be a time that I pastor that I don't have Sunday school. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't and, care what what happens if I pastor another church. There will be Sunday school. Yeah. Because I learned the Lord. I met the Lord in Sunday school. Exactly. And I have had, uh, and very even much. when I, uh, I, I, I've been a Sunday school teacher and things of that sort, and I've, I've, I've resigned my, my, my spots because I like sitting and I like being taught. And so, um, so I love Sunday school. So. There you go, Pastor. <laughs> there you go. Listen, she, she's committed to overcoming. Yeah. That's right. She really is. Because I, I tell people, I've told people, uh, 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 this is personal. Don't go to a church that has Sunday school. Yeah. 
even if you don't go to Sunday school, it says something about that ministry in the African American community if they don't have any Sunday school. That's a big deal yeah. for our, our culture. Our grandmothers, if my grandmother were alive today and she saw so many churches that don't either don't believe in it or don't make space for it, it doesn't even have to be on Sunday. There needs to be a time that the people sit together and and hear, you know. People, some churches are going away from even Bible study today, man. Oh yeah, that everything's mm -hmm. about Sunday morning. Yeah, I just uh uh, yeah. uh, uh, uh. You need it. You need it. You gotta have it. I'm not that old. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not that old. I have to study the Bible the next right. week. There you go. So no, that's no, it. I, I gotta have it. Hey man, I gotta have it. All right, my thanks friend. Thanks so, thanks so man. much for being here as always. Love you, man. Right. Until the next um, time. I look forward. I, I I I intend to bring you too. I'm gonna find a way. Okay. No, she's coming. She's she's coming. Oh, she's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Because so many of people that. just don't understand yeah, that, that this that their lives what economically will not change. That's true. With, without that. Yes. I'm just oh telling you the truth. Goodness. Thank you. Yeah. I tell my kids all the time, Daddy, how did you do this? How did you get this? I always make sure whatever I was going on, I I, I continue trying to buy a house. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, if I had to lose a car. I lose the car. Mm -hmm. yeah. My house. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. All that stuff we said in the first hour, man. That's stuff powerful. Is true, man. That stuff is real. Yeah. That's yeah. right. My kids will tell you. And now they're trying to ask a bunch of questions, Daddy. This was stuff I told them when we were kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If we got to get a smaller car, we keep the house. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Thank you. Bless thank me, brother. Thank you. Nice meeting you, awesome. All right, man. Good. And we are back here. With the ladies, thank you ever so much for uh, for being a part of our time here today. Yeah, we'll just, yeah. If you can just keep that one microphone, that'll be good. And I, Polly's telling me she sends me these little messages on my phone. She says, "Now I can't see Dolores, so move your phone so I can see Dolores." So you know she's watching out for y'all. I'm trying to figure out the best place for this because this arm right here. Yeah. That's the problem. So she'll and it's, see me later. That's okay. She'll what? She'll see me later. So. Yeah, she will. <laughs> but actually, this is uh, something you know everybody's seeing you right now. So uh, there you go. So uh, let me just ask you guys uh, on the break here, just before we come back in, um, is there a direction you would like to go here in the last twenty minutes? Things you want to make sure you cover. We do want to push the. Um, the initiative for a rap Yep. All right, and we're back. Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. You hear us every Wednesday from 10 until noon, and thank you so much for joining us here at Facebook Live, as well as the podcast uh, later on, those of you who pick us up there. Uh, we are here with uh, Dolores and Diana, and they work specifically with uh, uh, throughout the real estate community as well as loan officing uh, throughout banks and so on in Indianapolis. Uh, helping especially those in the community uh, who might uh, need help uh, understanding, being educated about home ownership. That's what we're dealing with here today, ownership and real estate. So uh, you have a brand new initiative uh, that's taking place here within Indianapolis. Kind of sketch this out for us. Help everybody to understand what's going on here in your community. So one of the things that we are uh, trying to do this is the National Association of Real Estate Brokers, um, is to, when we, when the mortgage crash hit, we lost a lot, African Americans, many of them uh, lost their homes, simply because of these bad programs. So the homeownership rate for African Americans plunged. It's now where it was before 
I think in the, maybe back to the 70s. Okay. 42%. Um, okay. So now what we're committed to doing is trying to restore that. So that we have an initiative that's called Two Million Homes, New Homeowners in Five Years. Two in five, I think is how they refer okay. to it. And the goal is to increase black home ownership by two million new homeowners within the next five years. So we are about that locally as well, okay? Um, and again, that's why we keep preaching home ownership. I think one of the things that helping folks look at home ownership that maybe didn't in the past is the is the rent increasing mm -hmm. because rent is crazy. Mm -hmm. um, taking applications, trying to pre-approve folks. Um, many times, folks are saying twelve hundred dollars a month oh, for rent, oh. and so I think that is helping some people who are a little skittish mm -hmm. about taking that next step. Because some people just can't understand that they can do it. Mm -hmm. You know, many times, but that rent increasing is forcing them to at least take a look. Yep. Dolores, one of the things I want you to share is just all of the wonderful opportunities of, around homeownership, the different communities, like whether you want to live in the suburbs or if you want to live in the city, and some of the wonderful opportunities to come in on the ground floor and build wealth if you get into some of these neighborhoods that are being and there's so many, there are some CDCs out there, community development corporations uh, that have homes that they have bought in the communities, a lot of them in the inner city, and they go in there and they renovate them and they can give the tax credits and things like that so mm -hmm. that people are able to go in and, and purchase these, these homes. Uh, uh, and it affords people that may not be able to afford a house that may be uh, maybe $160,000. That house may be 160000 but there may be credits and grants, things of that sort that would give them so that they can bring the purchase price of that house down, giving them down payment assistance, all of those things, and letting them be able to afford to get into certain neighborhoods. And we have neighborhoods all over. I think we have, uh, not I think, uh, Fall Creek is one. Uh, we have one. Uh, is it Rocking Riverside? Rocking Riverside. Uh, we have uh, right here. Um, oh, right here, St. Clair Place. St. Clair. Yeah, right here where we are located at Tenth and Bonner, Tenth and Jefferson. Yeah, and there, uh, there are so many, and and they are renovating, really. That and and in the areas that homeownership can be made possible. For people, and it's not always ones that are in a neighborhoods where the prices are outlandish and they cannot get mm -hmm. stuff. But there are opportunities, and in our uh, our motto for Sarah is uh, serving the unserved and underserved. That is what our motto is. Our vision, our vision statement, our motto. That is what we're there to do: mm -hmm. educating, educating, educating. Mm -hmm is what we're all about and getting people where they want to be and where they need to be and not putting them somewhere where they can't afford mm -hmm. um, but educating them to let them know that they might be able to afford it but they may have to take steps to get there. Mm -hmm. It makes me think as I'm hearing what you have to say that um, it would be nice for you to be in other venues. So what I mean by that is uh, because I hear you talking about education all the time mm -hmm. Um, it would be really nice, for instance, if I could get you over to IUPUI where I teach and uh, do a little bit of uh, explanation to some folks in a class or two uh, that might be beneficial 
Um, and, and the folks that you might be teaching might not be the same folks that you want to be serving at the moment, but they would then be aware Absolutely. of and give opportunity to others. Absolutely. Yeah. And there are programs uh, like, for instance, um, INHP has a program where they have the uh, where they have home ownership classes. And what they do, they, there may be somebody that can get in a house in 30 days, but there may be somebody that can't get in one until two or three years. But they give them the process in order to get ready for that. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're about as well, letting people know that, you know, it can take time. And as long as you don't try to get put the, mm -hmm. heart, the cart before the horse, you know, you can get there and get something that, mm -hmm. you know, that's for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but don't wait. Uh, two months before your lease is up. Exactly. <laughs> because normally what we're getting is, hey, my lease is up in two months and I want to buy a house. You want to get started, you know, we early. say as early as two years out. Mm -hmm. Even if you're saying, hey, two years from now I want to buy a house, go ahead and let a lender evaluate you now mm -hmm. and let you know whether or not there are things you want to do to tighten up maybe finances, maybe mm -hmm. your credit score. And then, you know, uh, you are you have a plan, and, and then that way everything can kind of coincide with your ideal time frame to close. But mm -hmm. two months or, or 30 days before your lease is up, it might be a little tough. Mm -hmm. And you might think that two years is a long time. They may yeah. say, oh, I don't want to wait that long. Mm -hmm. I'm tight that time. I mean, especially if you're working on things, mm -hmm. getting things ready in order for you to be able to purchase a home, that time will go by every mm -hmm. time. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's, one of the things Dr. Clyde and I were talking about in the first hour was about the issue of time, actually. And uh, one of just one of the many statements we were uh, giving from uh, biblical passages had to do with the need for patience and sowing seed and the necessity of what the farmer goes through uh, to plant, to water, to fertilize, and then to reap the harvest. And so we're talking about the issue of time. Let's talk about uh, the issue that you face, perhaps, with some of the folks that you serve which has to do with this very famous word, impatience. Okay, so tell us about the problems of impatience and how do you help people through that mentality, really, because it is a mindset. I mean, I feel it all the time. I'm always impatient about everything. So go ahead and talk about that. Well, to me, it's kind of a human nature thing. Yes. Um, we all, once we make up our mind, we want to buy something or we see something that we like, our emotions kick in mm -hmm. and that's what it is it's mm -hmm. an emotional experience I've heard Dolores say that a lot you know home buying is an emotional experience so kind of just be aware of your humanness mm -hmm. I want to say mm -hmm. um, as far as being impatient we also know just by life that being impatient we can make decisions that are not the best decisions mm -hmm. for us long term mm -hmm. um, and so you want to kind of like you know recognize that you're impatient but on the other hand you can control that. Mm -hmm. You know, talk to folks, get your counseling. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're going to be slowed down a little bit, just like right now, the market day, um, interest rates have crept up, um, and the supply and demand situation has it such that if you, there are more buyers than there are homes ready to move into. So mm -hmm. it almost, you're in a forced situation where you have to be patient. So mm -hmm. This is something of, just for the sake of saying it, um, that would be really wonderful uh, to add into uh, the process of your educational uh, dealings with folks. Mm -hmm. uh, the need to address the issue of human nature and human impatience. Nature. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. exactly. Because we do have, um, and I have had clients that you know, according to 
speaking with a lender or something like that, that they're not ready, but someone else mm -hmm. has told them, oh, yeah, you, you can afford, especially mm -hmm. when the crash, before the crash, mm -hmm. you know, they were saying, we can get, we, look, I can, I can, you know what, if you want that house, we can get you in more of a house with a adjustable rate mortgage, and these people were jumping on, people mm -hmm. were jumping on it because they can get a brand new home, mm -hmm. they can get the, the payment that they think that they're going to have mm -hmm. through the life of the loan in, in 18 months, two years at the very most, they're in an apartment. Mm -hmm. And these are people that you've tried to tell them, you know, it's not time, mm -hmm. you need to wait, you need a fixed rate, you don't need an adjustable rate. And education is the key and 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 having a person that is willing to wait because sometimes you can you can talk and talk and talk yeah. and if they want to do it they'll go on and do it. Yeah. 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 The difficulty is is uh, coming back to your humanist comment. Yes. It really is the difficulty that we face often. It mm -hmm. it so is. And you know, the thing about that I can relate, number one, one mm -hmm. of the things I love about my business is I just don't believe most people have been in any kind of, of a financial situation that I have not personally been in. Okay. I can relate mm -hmm. to folks. Mm -hmm. So I do understand the impatience part. I sure. do know the things that I have done as well. Yeah. But at the same time, I also have now realized this is the this is my human side. Mm -hmm. But you know, you gotta step back. Listen mm -hmm. to your mom, listen to your grandma. Yeah. You know, those you've got trusted advisors. Many of us have trusted advisors. Mm -hmm. And for minorities, African Americans in particular, don't think that when someone is telling you not now, okay that it's all about your race, the mm -hmm. fact that you're black, or that mm -hmm. somebody doesn't want you to have mm -hmm. something. I mean, these are real comments. Yes. I've yeah. heard these, sure. you know, and it's kind of like, it's really not that. Sometimes I've even told people, I, I get paid to make loans. So exactly. believe you me, I want to make you a loan. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you, if you, you, you're gonna need to do this, this, and this. Well, Diana, is there an alternative product? I never ever sold a subprime loan. I would not do it. It's just who I am. And so it's like, mm -hmm. yes, we still today have alternative products. Mm -hmm. they, they are products ideally for people who've, who have money. Mm -hmm. They may not have the credit, mm -hmm. you know, but they've got money. So the money part allows them to, if they go into this loan, and let's say we do have armed loans, and we do have loans that, you know, high interest rate loans to get you in. Mm -hmm. But these are people who are able to bring a large down payment they're able to make that payment at that higher rate. They are people who understand that you're going to have to wait two years or three years or four years to refinance, mm -hmm. maybe into a lower rate. And they understand the risk. But you don't work with everybody like that. Exactly. If you do not have the money yep. to rectify your, your decision, yep. then you want to play in the safe zone. Mm -hmm. And the safe zone are your traditional programs mm -hmm. with your 30-year fixed interest rate not an adjustable rate mortgage, et cetera, et cetera. One of the things that Dr. Clyde and I were talking about was the principle out of Proverbs, little by little, mm -hmm. and the concept that uh, not many people like to abide by today is little mm -hmm. by little. They like everything right now. Exactly. And so the concern that all of us have, and by the way, just for the sake of our listening audience, would you explain what an ARM is, please? Yes, an ARM, arm is an adjustable rate mortgage, which means that you're interest rate is likely to change over the life of the loan and that change could either be an increase or a reduction 
but it is going to fluctuate. And so just for everybody hearing my voice out there, let me, let me just add my two cents. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell all the people that like us throughout all of our married years who didn't have an awful lot of money, we've been in Christian ministry for all of our years, um, you do not take on ARM loans. You take on fixed loans, the best rate you can get, because now you know what your payment's going to be every exactly. month. And now you can say, okay, I know I have to have this amount of money and so on. And But if you don't do that and you're caught in the switches of something, something no, nobody could have foreseen, that's not a good deal at all. So... Uh, for those of you listening, especially those of you who don't have a lot of money, please stay with fixed rate loans. And sometimes people get arms, especially back before the the, the big crash. Mm. They were thinking, well, they they would say, you know, well, my my payment is six hundred dollars. I can take that. And they said, well, you know, your payment might go up to maybe eight hundred. Well, I'll worry about that then. Mm. And you know, mm-hmm. that was the mindset of a lot of people, mm-hmm. and so they were not thinking that. Uh, and then back when, and even with when you're building new homes, you don't have the taxes assessed. Mm-hmm. They don't think about that not mm-hmm. having the tax. And I would tell my clients back then, well now too, you know, put a certain amount in a, a bank account that you can't touch. Mm-hmm. Don't touch it for any mm-hmm. reason. That way, you have that amount plus your what you're paying and put those together, and that's going to be your, your monthly payment. Mm-hmm. But people are only thinking about right now, is a lot of times is what I see. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that. I think Doris just described what a realtist is. Mm-hmm. And a realtist mm-hmm. is somebody that goes outside of just the checklist, to mm-hmm. just the checklist okay, mm-hmm. to get that out. So, you know, maybe to sell a home, you do 10 steps. Mm-hmm. Okay, same with Leonard origination, you do 10 steps. But you have all this gray, everything that falls outside of these 10 steps and you still want to share that information with your client because you want your client to be successful Mm. you know just as you described initially it's not about selling a house it's making sure that this is a long-term investment that's going to serve you and your family Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. you know you don't want to be you don't want your client surprised by an increase in Mm -hmm. payment so you let them know how this might work Mm -hmm. and how to best protect themselves. And one of the things that I hear you both saying is the need for people to think about their families. Absolutely have to think about them. And I will tell you now, after the crash, I have had more people, well, I I never pre-approve a borrower for what they can afford. Mm -hmm. So many lenders, um, you know, if a person applies, they go through the calculation and they say, hey, you can afford a home, you know, $200,000 home. My question is always, what's the most you want to pay out? I always back into and leave it there, you know, and even I'll give them like, you know, they'll say, oh, Diana, $900. I'm saying, okay, so you wouldn't pay $950? Well, well, I would probably go up to $950. Okay, would you go to $1,000? It's, this, I take them through this. Yeah, that's good. You know what I mean? I yeah. take them through it. But the whole time, they may qualify for a $2,500 payment. Mm-hmm. But I am not going to tell them that. Right. Because that's not what they're thinking. And I personally, which is why I said I relate to my customers, <laughs> I worked at a bank when this happened. I worked at a bank, and I actually believed, and I lent money, and I actually believed that if the bank approved me, for the loan and the payment that I could make it. Mm-hmm. I never thought about me and making it. I'm like, they must know I can make it. Ah, you, you see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And a lot of people think like that. Mm-hmm. It's So the question is really not about how much do I qualify for. Yeah. The question is about how much do you 
you want to pay out each month and mm. what is that maximum? Mm. And another thing too, when I have couples, if they can qualify with one of them only, I encourage that mm -hmm. because if they get financed on both of those income, both of them have got to keep on working. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no room mm -hmm. for anybody to go on maternity leave right. or anything yeah. like yeah. that. You no know, baby. No, no baby. <laughs> so you have to, and, and I encourage them if you can do that because anything can happen mm -hmm. and you can, you know, you can you can still keep going if if, if you should lose one of those incomes. But we had a, we were in a seminar just recently where we had a gentleman that we were talking about home families being involved in this. This gentleman said that his grandmother had died. They had lived in this house for 55 years. Mm -hmm. So when they went to the house to clean out everything, to you know, to get things ready, you know, to move yeah. on, they thought he thought that his grandparents owned that house. They had been renting that house for 55 oh my years. Word. Oh Can my. you imagine? Mm -hmm. I think he said that the rent that he had paid, that they had paid, they had bought the house like three times. Oh, that's what education, mm -hmm. education, Absolutely. education. Oh, yeah. And that's a that's a whole discussion point by itself. Is I, to me, the first thing that I think of is you're taking advantage of, pe exactly. of people. The awfulness of this. We're actually, ladies, we're out of time for today. Uh, we are so grateful for your being here today. Thank you. You have added, you have added an expertise that we would not have had otherwise. We're really grateful for your time and your energy. Uh, and uh, of course, thank you to Polly again for bringing us all together. I hope that uh, God's continued blessing and great success on Sira and this new initiative. Uh, that you have here in the community and anything that you need from us in the future if you want to, us to give a shout out about whatever you just let us know and we'll be happy to do so so you've been listening to diana and dolores uh, not only bankers but real estate people who actually understand uh, what it means to serve the underserved and we're grateful for their presence today you've been listening to warp and woof radio at radionext.tv at the cool groove site we come to you every wednesday from 10 until noon and we are grateful to do so. Next week, we are going to have Samuel L. Jackson in the house. And he is uh, not the Samuel oh, okay. L. Jackson, oh, but a Samuel okay. L. Jackson <laughs> is in the house. A great veteran uh, who has served his country. And we want to honor him as well as all veterans as uh, this coming Sunday is Veterans Day. We're grateful for their service. So anticipate that for our next time next Wednesday. Uh, we're grateful to be with you every single week. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Thanks, Facebook Live, for everything, for you who have followed us, for all those who you have waved, and uh, we will archive this and share it later on. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, and thank you, ladies, for your time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. We sure appreciate it.